0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is To Stir With Love, Tales from Prison, with Rabbi Kolakowski. I think we have to change our tagline. Tales, not tales from prison, but... A criminal a criminal justice reform podcast. How does that sound? To stir with okay. love. I, I don't know. I got to come up you're, with you're something.
1: Gonna, you're going to put me out of a job. <laughs>
0: you never know this podcast gig might turn into something people will say yeah you know i remember you you'll you'll talk back fondly anyway after last week i think there's a lot of people who want you as their therapist i got a lot of feedback people people enjoyed the southern baptist boy they said yeah and and the uh they said that the um uh, the psychologist was good too um let's anyway on the theme of uh of tales from prison and not prison. Let's start tonight, uh, Yitzchok, with uh, an article that just came was the New York Times two days ago. Um, it was called thousands of Prisoners Were Sent Home Because of COVID." They don't want to go back. Now you've already talked about it here on this program about how so many of the people were emptied out. Basically, I think the way it, it worked was uh, I might be fudging a little bit on the details, but I think basically the way it worked was that if um, you know the people were sent uh, out of the prison. Uh, and, and they said that if, when COVID ends, they only have a couple of months left in their uh, their incarceration, then they won't have to go back to prison. They can just can finish the sentence uh, under home arrest with the uh, strictures of home arrest, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the ones that would have a year or so, or more than a half a year, they would need to go back to prison. So basically what's happening now with covid um, in in decline is that many uh, there's uh, they mention in the article there's about four thousand federal offenders uh, who they are now slated to go
1: back uh, to well, prison. What, what you're de- what you're describing is, is specifically when it comes to federal prisons. You know the states each have their own approach, but that was how the federal prisons took it. But yeah, I mean if we probably remember, Shelley Silver was released on house arrest, I think, for one day, but then it, it was only a furlough. They brought him back, but there were a lot of people who were sent home and other people who were not. I mean, I know people who are trying trying to get home and not able to, to get home, but you, there, there is, like this article is describing this, specifically in the federal system, that they, they went home and they didn't know if they were going to have to come back right. to prison. Again.
0: And I think what the article uh, underscores is that many of these uh, incarcerated people who are now at home were doing much, much better at home, and not just because they could see their family, but because they were actually um, under control better. They, they, they were exhibiting much more remorse. They were understanding the evil of what they did. And it would seem that they were definitely not a menace uh i have friends unfortunately who had to do this but the article talked about the ankle bracelet and the check-in procedures about taking walks uh and, and and how how many blocks or feet they were allowed to leave from the home residence all in all the as the article made clear uh even if we would start thinking about this in in, in a big picture way they would be saving at least $25,000 or more per prisoner if this is the way incarceration would work. Uh, and 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 again, the numbers were staggering. Uh, the amount of people total in prison was uh, 2 million, 2 million people in prison throughout the United States. And the cost of keeping them in prison is at least 80 billion dollars and we could shave off uh, um two-thirds of that by zeroing in on the ones that aren't violent and the ones that we could use this home arrest type of situation for i think that's what the article was was trying to again it was from the new york times we know that they have a uh a um a certain agenda, whatever their agenda is, we know that it's liberal, left-wing leaning. However, I think that it goes hand in hand. I think with the new, uh, the new theme of our program, which is let's think about inventive ways that some that these people don't have to spend time incarcerated. Um, what, what was your reaction when you read the article, Yitzchok?
1: Well, I, I, I certainly saw there was a bias. There I was trying to paint that even though the, the truth of the matter is you know instead uh, instead of recognizing the the Rahmanis that president trump had in releasing these people even if it might have been temporarily and and he placed it in you know as a temporary thing you know they're they're seeing that that biden probably is not is not going to keep them out he's probably going to send them back and they're kind of painting it like the other way around that that somehow trump is the bad guy here and biden's the good guy here but it's uh you know, that's that's just their very clear bias that, that you know, that was well, exuded throughout the article. But other than that, you know, it depends on the situation, obviously. I mean, I know in, in Pennsylvania, it's a, it's a different approach because in the federal system, there is no parole. So whereas in mo- most of the states, there's some kind of parole system. So as far as... You know, so and and you know, we released people from Pennsylvania who were eligible for parole. Uh, Somebody has to take the baby. Sally, can you get can you get Dina?
0: I think you you make yeah. Well, you make a good case there. You know, you know. Can you imagine someone? (laughs) you would have to go home, maybe to homes like yours, where you would have to put up with a lot of screaming children. That might be that might be an interesting home arrest, right?
1: (laughs) For them. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean the main the main thing that you know we're seeing here, you know, a lot of people are released in general. If you're if someone is released to on on parole, quite often they're gonna be sent to some kind of a halfway house. And the halfway houses are often worse than the prisons because they have you know, the combination of the criminal element, the, the worst the worst aspects of prison, which I think is being housed together with other criminals, you know, even if if someone wasn't so bad to begin with, they can, you know, wind up getting worse if they have that hashpah around them of, of the, the criminal element around them. So the freedom that they have in these halfway houses, combined with that criminal element, is is quite quite a, a dangerous mix. There's you know tremendous drug problems and all other things that anything any vice that they're looking for. They're all there in these in these uh, halfway houses, and uh, you know they try. You know, we, I know in chaplaincy, you know, we try to work on having other after what we call aftercare. Um, I know there are a lot of Christian ministries that focus on these aftercare programs too, because they recognize the dangers of being let out into a bad situation that's not going. It's not conducive to help, and that's been you know, not necessarily from the federal prisons, but from the county jails, uh, especially in the big cities, when COVID hit, they released a lot of people who offended immediately when they left, and they they had no remorse, and they were a danger to society, so there, there has to be this balance, you know, when we're not seeing, you know, as I think as we discussed last week, we're not seeing the incarceration rates for nonviolent offenders as we used to, although we still have people who might Particularly in the federal prisons, where there is no parole, they're still stuck there because they have, you know, a, a sentence that's uh, maybe even a life sentence for a nonviolent offense. That's something that happened quite often, particularly in the 1990s, that uh, these types of three strikes laws and all these other things. Um, when when they were pushing to make the prisons a lot more tough, and you and you have people who are victimized by that you know, lack of compassion that really it started in the 70s, 80s, and 90s when you really had this this mass incarceration epidemic. And what I think we're seeing now is the vestigial remnants of that, meaning we don't see new you know, the people who are being incarcerated now, it's a last resort. It's not seen as it used to be, the the first thing that, that we run to okay, you so, so you're saying that that
0: perhaps it's already in place. There's already a hesitancy to incarcerate. I don't know. Again, you know, it seems you know, when I read the story that that moved me the most from the article of Jorge uh, Maldonado, uh, you know, he's 53. uh, He had kidney disease. And again, I'm not uh, sanctioning what he did because it sounds like he he defrauded someone. He stole from someone. um, And he was in a federal prison in North Carolina. But uh, Maldonado was actually, uh, he had served in Desert Storm. And mm-hmm. uh, because of his kidney disease, he was now able to get dialysis, although he's in the home, and he's in te- technically under home arrest, but he can get 10 hours of dialysis that he needs uh, as he's waiting for his new kidney. So the fact that he's in Florida, where he is near Orlando, so he can get the medical care through the VA. And he mentions, now you've talked about the hospital at, at um at Waymart, uh, I believe him when he says that uh, you know that uh, the VA is able to take care of him,
1: um, whereas the Bureau the, of Prisons, the, VA, the, the Bureau VA has a has a lot of problems though. The VA is not perfect. The VA is is actually, but the Bureau
0: of Prisons, you've got to admit, is not necessarily known for its excellent hospital care, right?
1: No, I mean uh, he, he mentioned North Carolina because Butner is essentially the the medical. Prison, and I actually—I think I mentioned that I was going to be the chapter. That's right. Yeah, you were thinking of that. Yeah. Well, I—I I was. I, it's not. I was thinking. I was prevented from.
0: Oh, that's because right. Because of we, the
1: victim's circumstances. Yeah, like, I remember. Uh, but anyway, they have six, six prisons there, pretty much in that in that um, uh, in that complex, and it's pretty much a, it's a medical prison. But you're right. a, pr- a prison is not. A hospital, as much as it's the closest thing, and and even you know where. So I'm I saying we. It, sound, it sounds it sounds like they're definitely yeah, we, we send people we send people to the hospital when they're sick. We don't we don't we you know we treat them as much as we can there, but there's a certain point where we recognize that they're not going to get what they need inside inside the prison. Yeah, Um you know they, they there was also
0: a someone I don't know if she's Jewish or not, Mrs. Hechtman, Miss Hechtman. Uh, she's talked about the fact that at, at home she's sober, but she says in prison, she says there was all these illegal opioids that people are peddling. Yep. Now, I know that um, we talked about opioid addiction. I remember it was last week or the week before. Um, does that sound like it is, a, 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 from what you know, it is a very a rampant prison problem that the opioids are available?
1: Yes, I mean, that's something I mentioned. There was, uh, there's a particular one that's legal, but if but it, it can be abused. Uh, and again, I don't remember offhand which one is, but that, they say that is the most commonly abused uh, drug in prison is this uh, Suboxyl, I think is the name of the, the drug. And, and we, we have to be careful about a lot of things because of that, because it's so easy to smuggle in. So now, for example, you know, we can't, uh, we, and so already for a few years already, you know, the chaplain can't bring in his own Bible, he can't bring in his own paperwork, everything has to be sent through a special secure processing center to make sure that they're not smuggled, that no drugs are being smuggled in and everybody's suspect and right. it's, so uh, it's certainly a problem.
0: She also talked about something, and again, this is sort of in your purview, and I guess we'll move on after this, but this I thought you could respond to this. Um, this Miss Hechtman, and again, it's public, it's in the New York Times article, um, she says that um, she goes for counseling, you know, she's a, an addict, she was an addict, and she goes for counseling, um, or, or the counselor comes to her, I think, um, and it says that she doesn't, she hasn't missed any of her sessions, and when she was in the minimum security facility, in danbury i don't know if you're familiar with that one uh
1: yeah, she, I, actually, I actually applied there also <laughs> <laughs> then when i found out it was a woman's prison i was happy that i didn't get the contract i was five dollars over the uh-huh. uh the, the reform rabbi who a uh, female reform rabbi who got the job
0: oh okay so, so maybe maybe rabbits and chava could get it she often had to wait for weeks before getting approved for counseling for addiction
1: um, well, this is this is specifically, I, as I recall, you're looking at the article and I'm not, but I didn't. She mention it was specifically during this time of COVID that the the services are, were so limited. In no, in she prison. just
0: meant when she was in the prison before COVID. Oh. Before COVID, um, she had to get approval uh, for the counselor to come. Um, so it sounds like on so many levels. Although this, as we said, might put you out of a job, you know, limiting the, you know, you know, the numbers going down by seventy-five percent or fifty percent or forty percent. Um, I think that's this is a good place to, to begin our discussion. Look, well, you know, yeah. we're not we're not policy setters, but if right. people who are listening to this podcast and we talk about Jews and non-Jews and others um, <laughs> recognize that you know this is something that you know, thinking outside of the box. Uh, making the prisons more effective. I think you yourself uh, once spoke to me about this. That yeah, the numbers could be smaller, and then we could actually zero in on the offenders that need to be in prison, and the ones that are really, in a way, the ones that are that. that and we could really turn it into uh, a, a, where it's not the paraduma, right? Where it's matamah the and matar the t'mayim, where we can actually focus on the ones that need it and work with them and not worry about the others that are coming in. And because they are imprisoned, are going to become much worse.
1: So, yeah. right? I mean, I, I, you know, I, one of the things we discussed at this, uh, that I discussed with, you know, the hires up the powers that be in, uh, in Pennsylvania at the conference I attended a few weeks ago, last week, I guess was, uh, you know, this issue that we have to do more work now post COVID because our prisons have been now divided into zones, and we can't, you know, so we have to have, like I said, uh, we're ha- well, we have to have four Protestant services, four Catholic services, four Muslim services. We have to do more work for less guys, and I noticed that, all right, my, so most of my chaplains have enough hours that I'm able to do that, but somehow it came out that the, the Native Americans were the low man on the totem pole, if you don't mind the pun. <laughs> and and they were not uh and you know in order to give them three services that they need we they didn't need four cuz one of the units didn't have any uh practicing native americans or or anybody identified as native american but uh, you know i i'm thinking when the chief the chief is on vacation now when he comes back uh, in two weeks or so he's planning to come back to work i don't uh, you know he's going to need more hours than he currently has and I'm trying to figure out how are we going to justify that when our hours uh, being chaplains is, uh, you know, how many hours of guys that I'm hiring is based on uh, how many inmates we have housed there in the prison. And since our since our population was cut in half and doesn't look like it's ever going to be restored to to the full capacity, how can we justify spending more taxpayer okay. money? Yeah than we use? <laughs> okay, so so That's this cool. is
0: really what happens Yitzha all the time. you know the solutions in one place definitely causes difficulties for a certain section of of, of workers, a certain group of workers. and Rachmanis, you know that that some people are going to be out of a job. but looking big picture wise, uh, it seems like a lot of the ideas that were expressed in the article, um it need to be thought about even though you're right the fallout the fallout
1: might um, you know affect the pocketbooks of I mean, of, I, I, of, of I, our I, friends you know i'm not i'm not talking about the pocketbooks here because i'm not saying we we don't the prison doesn't exist to give people jobs the prison exists to to help you know, the, to to help, to help people to to serve society in any number of ways and but what i'm saying is that the way that we're approaching things right now requires more work and, but we're limited, but it should also, it would seem that it should lead to, you know less money being spent so that that's that's the catch 22 that we're deal, dealing
0: with uh, well unless, unless if some of these remember uh, you know depends how you play with the beans right if you say that we're sending we're, we're sending so many more people home so we have much more money now so we can afford to actually uh, even though it doesn't seem like there's enough prisoners but now there's much more money because right. it, it used to be that prisons cost much more because it costs for each person 37000 a year. Now that we have less people and it costs less, so we still have monies from the budget for prisons, which we can now allocate at least some of that to uh, to hiring uh, the best people for the ones that are going to be staying incarcerated. So you're right. The cost, of, here's the way I'm I'm, I'm explaining it the cost of the incarcerated people for the ones that are incarcerated will go up. It was 37,000 per person. Now it's going to be 40, whatever per person, but we're still going to save money because we have less of them. So therefore the extra money that we're going to have to spend per uh, incarcerated person will pay for, the type of services that are needed, whether it's the Indian chief or the Imam or whatever sort of religious uh, uh, minister,
1: and it's, it's needed. And the truth is that uh, you know we do need more. You know, if we are serving these guys in this way, we're serving, particularly, say, mentally ill uh, inmates. It costs more money to serve those guys. They they do need, they do need services that they're that they're not going to get, you know, even on the street. And if we're really going to, it's the same thing you know, in general, uh, you know, we talk often about how yeshiva, I know there was some controversy about Curtis Lewa. they found some old video of him talking about how, you know, the Jews want to take all the, the tax money for the yeshivas or something like that, and, you know, you have a, an interesting situation in general, if uh, kids, you know, are in yeshiva, it's saving it's saving the taxpayer money because they don't have to pay for for the public school costs a lot more money for the taxpayer than a a private school does but then you'll have something like the curious joel school district where there's less than 200 students in the actual public school and and they're all handicapped and so therefore those special needs children cost a lot more money so then you know if you're going to look at the actual students who are in the who are in the uh public school there well they're that cost is is going to be a lot more but then i think a lot of these people who are making these don't realize that private, at least in new york private school students do still get a certain allocation of taxpayer money for buses and and other things so so they're basing it on that a school district that has 200 or 150 students in the public school but they're not recognizing that there's uh you know thousands of of students in the private schools that are getting a, a small, you know, maybe each right. one of them is, is costing $500 in taxpayer money a year as opposed to, you know, I don't know. Right, which is always, back. again,
0: this is, this really gets us into the other discussion, which um, again, Baruch Hashem, there's been a lot of progress in, but this the whole discussion of private school students, yeshiva students, being able to receive benefits because of the immense amount of real estate taxes that, uh, the from families are paying, especially in the, in the in the communities that they live in. We know that the communities, right, they, money,
1: you know, with, we know. Right.
0: The communities, the real estate taxes are what pay for the schools, the libraries and other things that are part of the community. And generally, whether it's in Flatbush in Mill Basin, other areas in Flatbush or in New Jersey or any place in Lakewood <laughs> or in Muncie or in Spring Valley, it's because of the. Um, uh, 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 the uh, the desirability of these homes and the fact that so many Jews want to live there that the prices of the homes are high and the taxes are also commensurately high and therefore the counties whether it's Sullivan County or whatever county it is um, uh, in, in in what's the county of in Muncie again
1: Muncie's um, Rockland County Rockland
0: County right those counties are getting a tremendous amount of funds for them so it makes sense that services uh, should be available uh Curtis Lee was not going to win anyway i mean <laughs> maybe he'll be able to write a book about how he was the the best guardian angel but you know he you know, he's going to be a footnote anyway right yeah. he's, he's 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 mr what is it called the last guy that's drafted mr insignificant or something like that i mean nobody
1: yeah, ever, I, just, uh, I I just i remember my my late father you know talking about how he and my father wasn't jewish and how he he called curtis Lewa on the radio and told him how proud he was of his son who's in yeshiva and how he's more respectful than than his girls who were in public school so it was uh and he and he generally has been a friend of the jewish community but he's been he's been uh critical when he feels you know he he i think he calls balls and strikes he's not an anti-semite and i think he, yeah you know, and, and he listen the fact that he's
0: not going to win means he doesn't have to be worried about what he says
1: <laughs>
0: right, right. Um, yeah, Yitzchak. You, you know, you know, we talk about. Uh, we call the show. I think we're still going to call it The Stir with Love." And we know that uh, you're really, you know, you're you're a big fellow. And I, I don't know if you're scary. But you're a guy, you're a cuddly big teddy bear. You know, you're a guy who basically, it's hard for you. Other than your kids, I think you always say yes. I mean, I've I've asked you to do stuff like, you know, at the craziest times and the, et cetera. You're always always very positive. And I think that's part of what you bring to the table. Um, but I know recently you had to like, sort of like, like like Avraham Avinu at the Akeda, you had to be your yateser, and you had to actually... Um, demonstrate some some toughness and in order for it to right, it was love but it was tough love you you want to talk a little bit about that
1: so and 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 i think it's really even could i now is the 3 weeks is been and am which when the loves us we know we we know what the with with the Chazal say that that when the uh, when titus came into the the codeschodochy he found that the the Kruvim were were embracing each other. That it was it, it was the, the closest you know type of Ahava with all that Vurah. all that with all the Midas Adin that was taking place by the Churban. Self called self. It was an expression of Ahava that 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 was present there. And 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 so I'm not I'm not comparing anything like that. But um, but we have to understand what it means Midas Adin and how do we. How do we uh, use this Mida you know, uh, in order to to w- really come to the the you know it, the the balance of of Chesed and Gura is is Ferris which is Rachamim. So uh, I'll pick Just up to, to remind all you. our
0: listeners, we are talking about Yitzchak. Uh, using these mitos as his chaplain in prison, okay? <laughs> People just thought that you started giving a drosha, right? But you're right, yes, yes. Uh, you, no. you, the same way the rabbi Shalom uses uh, chesed and gvura as a balance, and that he's not trying to hurt us, he's not trying to, to to specifically make us suffer, but rather it's for our betterment, really he loves us and cares for us. I guess what you're getting at is that we have to act in the same way. And when we are put into
1: disciplinary positions, I'm sorry for jumping for you, but. Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. So, so essentially I had two, two cases. Oh. One, uh, not that I was directly involved in, but I'm the supervisor. So I, I have to, uh, and one was more simple and maybe, and it was hard for me because I felt like, you know, I, I, I felt bad having to say no, but you know, it's coming up. A little bit after Tishabov B'av uh, is uh, a Muslim holiday, Eid al Adha, which is actually sometimes called Eid al Korban, which we would understand, and it's supposed to be a commemoration of the Akeda. The Quran doesn't say which son of Abraham Avinah was by the Akeda, but there's a hadith that seems to point that it's Yishmael and uh, we know that's that's the big uh, you know right. obvious, t- t- doesn't uh, doesn't them, the
0: right? hajj happen around that time am i right about that doesn't I, the hajj
1: i do not believe so i think the hajj is during the month of muharram or or oh, um, okay. it could be another month i'm not sure or no there's a month called a month called hajj maybe I, i'm not I, I don't think it's during that time but it's, uh, the hajj
0: has nothing it, to do with the Akeda. i thought it had to do with the with their Akeda. i thought so but okay yeah,
1: there there is a connection there because when they go make the Hajj they also visit um
0: don't they visit the place, they visit they visit the place where they said the Aqeda occurs or something right or something I like
1: th- I think it's the place where Yeshmoel where which we have the, you know in the Chumish, that Yeshmoel uh, and Hagar found the, the well so I think that that well is somewhere near Mecca and that's somewhere I think they it's actually called Arafat if I'm not mistaken I could be wrong that there's mm-hmm. the well of Arafat. Um but uh it's it's conne- i guess it's connected to that but they they um it's a very very ma- one of the two major holidays that they have and they have some other minor holidays and in the prison the way we we operate is that the inmates you know the same thing we have we have it for pesach and rosh Hashanah and the native americans have i'm one- just
0: looking it up here in, in in last year the hajj was it was happened at the um it's the it's the the month of uh, Du al Hijjah. That's the month. Yeah, the, the, the means
1: Hajj. Yeah,
0: right. And that's last year, for example, was from July twenty second to August nineteenth. Um, and I'm just reading it during the Hajj. Um, the ritual, of the pilgrimage to Mecca, is considered to stretch back thousands of years to the time of Abraham. And mm-hmm. um, so I think it is, you know. The, I think it ends, a celebration of the three-day global festival of Eid al-Adha proceeds thereafter. That's what you just mentioned, right? The Eid al-Adha. The Feast of yeah. the Sacrifice. I got you. Yeah. I knew okay, more yeah. about... Okay, yeah. Alex, it, right. I I I want to bet on, the, on Final Jeopardy on this one. Yeah. I out-Muslimed uh, Kowalski on this yeah. one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, yes. yesterday's Jeopardy was was uh, Islamic history, and my wife was saying, "Why, why do they have such easy?" Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: well, it? on this one, you were wrong.
0: So, anyway, you're right. The Hajj is really all about. It's supposed to end really. So the Hajj, and so it's really a gigantic thing in Islam. This um, right, and it's celebrated worldwide, along with the, the. We talked about the other Eid. That's the end of Ramadan. This is right. This is the the right. This is all about the. Uh, the Arkada, but go ahead. Yes, yeah, so the Hajj is really uh, leads into it. So you're right. It's a very big day. One this the two big holidays of is, of Islam, and we know you do have, of course. We've talked about the uh, uh, the, the the Islamic uh, incarcerated individuals that you have in 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 Waymart, right? The Salafis, right? Mostly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: what's going on with what what happened?
1: So anyway, um, we 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 they are allowed to they have their prayer time they gather for morning prayer on the day of the eid and then they all, then they are served a, a a pretty lavish meal and actually for the eid al adha because of the the story of the akeda they right prefer- so they get they get, a, <laughs> they get a they get they get a lamb, lamb. to eat they're yeah, supposed they to eat, eat lamb food. sure yeah. yeah they have a choice either right, like we have
0: rosh Kevis. Uh, we have rosh Kevis and Rosh Hashanah yeah. they get a lamb yeah, yeah.
1: So they They have a choice between between chicken or lamb, and this year they chose lamb because they received a donation because they're allowed to. They received a donation from from a mosque outside that uh paid pretty much would pay for the whole feast for everybody then the question was you know how much you know they have this money so uh, they could spend the money only on lamb but they uh, being that they are african American Muslims they have uh particular uh, I guess their soul food that particular- <laughs> they like chicken? <laughs> no no this time they're having lamb so but both times they had the bean pies and they they and like our our imam said he never he never heard of this bean pie and we found out that it actually was rooted more or less in the uh, in the nation of Islam tradition and then when they converted to be uh, sunni and and uh, and Salafi. That's when they, uh, that's when they they became uh, that they, they still kept this this uh, this minig of eating bean pies for the Eid. So so the bean pies are going to cost a certain amount of money, a dollar and a half, something like that. So the question was, do we do we want to have the inmates because uh, pay for the bean pies and then they get more lamb, or they just use whatever the donation was for whatever it was and they're not going to get as much lamb the bean pies is a set amount of money so the guy said no we'll pay for the bean pies because we want more lamb and uh and so we don't have to we'll, we'll use you know instead of having to pay twelve dollars a person we're only gonna have to pay a dollar and a half a person and then we had about 75 guys sign up and 10 of them uh just before you know they they, they were told this is the date that you have to have the money uh for the for the bean pies and if they and if they and they don't have the choice of saying well we just want the lamb and we don't want the bean pies no it's 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 all or nothing yeah so 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 and again that's just the policy i don't make the rules i have to i'm just enforce it so they come to this this situation and they they spend all their money on on commissary if they would have saved a dollar fifty they could have bought the bean pies so the so the deacon and I, we said, "All right, that's it. We we gave them the opportunity. They're supposed to do the right thing." So then we can't, we can't, we can't be flexible on this. So then the imam came to me. So one of the guys asking, "All right, he has the money now. Can he pay?" And I said, "And it hurt me so much, but I had to say no." I said, "No." He he knew what day it was. He he made the, the choice to spend all his money on potato chips or or um, honey cakes or whatever they buy in in the in the uh in the commissary and 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 that's it he 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 made his you know he made his bed. He so lie in it and that and it hurt me to have to say no but it, you know I was talking with the deacon about this we, we could love them to death we can't we're we're supposed to be there to be <laughs> it's, it's, it sounded careful. like the
0: imam would have wanted to be myjo and would have allowed well,
1: and him and I, I want to also but, but so but, we can't. but you
0: overruled in other words the imam <laughs> the imam made the case. Uh, because he felt perhaps you should show compassion and let him be able to get the extra lamb portion. But instead, you you said, no, you knew what the rules were and you didn't fulfill them. And even though the money is there and things could have worked out, you said the deacon, again, I'm just repeating what you're saying, you felt that this would be, as we always say, a lesson, but more than just a lesson, Right. what what do you think what do you what did you what were you trying to implant in this in this muslim fellow what 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 message were you trying to give him
1: when he gets out of jail he can't he can't just spend all his money he has he has to learn responsibility he has to learn you know how to how to manage his money and and to be responsible and it's it's difficult to to you know we want we, we can't coddle them we have to uh we have to give this example of, and it's, and it's difficult and it's not, but he, it would be one thing if he would have been actually uh, destitute. Uh, We have, uh, uh, we have an idea that if the inmates are indigent, they, uh, the other inmates could all pitch in a dollar to pay for the other guys for their, for their meal or something. But uh, indigent means that you don't have any means of money. It doesn't mean you spent all your money on, on commissary. So, and that, and this is what we uh this is what and we again of course it's a,
0: it's a very limited amount of money that they're given but the small amount that they had they so is it possible well, actually,
1: also the truth, the truth is a lot of these guys received uh, stimulus checks and they <sighs> they actually for 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 being in jail they how they spent all that money so quickly and didn't didn't couldn't save a dollar 50 it's it's um You know, it's an
0: indicator that they that they they lack impulse control. And I guess maybe it's one could say, and although you didn't, you can maybe look at the record of that person, which is something I probably would have done. I probably would have, you know, said, you know, I don't know if I would have on the spot if you maybe Mm -hmm. look at that person and take a look and see what their history was. And if they if they have had that problem and maybe that might have been the problem that got them into this mess in the first place. Um, and, and, we, and we and we we have. What I'm saying is, at home, I'm saying your wife as a
1: parent, uh, yeah. knows what tough love is, right? Um, yeah. But sometimes it's hard because we want to we want to be, but we have to do what's really the real Rachmaness and the real. Right. And, and and
0: again, the principals will tell teachers this as well. Um, people tell first time parents this. Again, you don't you don't need your kids. There's no mitzvah for your kids to love you. Right. Hopefully they will. But their mitzvah is Yira and Kovit. Right. 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 There's a mitzvah of Hashem, but there's not a mitzvah of Abbas, your your parents. Hopefully you will love them. But but the point is, is that I I find consistently, I mean, I I love fooling around with my, you know, with my grandchildren. And I, I played crazy with my with my with my kids as well. But the truth is, is that. We need to be models for our children, and we and, and, and if sometimes they're they're sent to bed and getting a time out or they 're not going to get you know they lost the chance to get the present that they were supposed to earn, we all know that this is going to te- is going to help them in the future to uh, to afford it to to understand how to deal with uh, difficult things to recognize the agency that they have and I think you know this is something which you know I would say that many of the inmates probably who who have been caught uh, suffer from the fact that their parents were either, at, you know, allowed them uh, so much and weren't-
1: or, or, or they were absent, they just didn't have-
0: Or they didn't have parents to really exercise yeah. tough love. Look, when they're, yeah. with the absence of parents, the kids get away with, with stuff anyway. I think you constantly hear stories, even stories uh, in the, from the inner city of, you know, of strong women figures who, who exercise that type of tough love. Whether it was yeah. grandmothers or others, and you're consistent with sports. A lot of the great sports uh, uh, success success stories uh, of kids who came from the inner city talk about the incredible strength of the of the of those mother figures who made sure that they went to school, who punished them when they didn't go to school, made sure that they that they that they completed their studies, were able to get into those colleges. So you know, I, I think you know. Talking about preaching to the to the choir, I think we all are aware of how important it is, and 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 I think that when we see the big picture, uh, I think we, and especially when we see the success of those children later, and many of them, I think, whether they whether they whether they'll say it or not, recognize that it was those it was those teachers that were tough on them that really taught them how to find strength within
1: themselves. I mean, even I, you know, I'll remember, you know, certain incidents of teachers who were always friendly and well, and then the one time they, they, they were tough, you know, that, that taught a bigger lesson than, or, or my Zeta or anybody else, you know, just in my, in my recollection and my youth and so forth. I
0: have a hundred, a hundred percent. I think that, you know, human, I think when we don't exercise tough love, we're selling short. The people you know that we're dealing with and and and, and, and that, part of it and it's a selfishness as you said, you don't want to feel bad that you did something <laughs> that because you see the crying or the face or the hurt on that other person because you know you want it, you want it always to to love to be exuded and real and really of course that's selfish, you want that good feeling that that person's going to radiate at you if you really care like you say about the Rabinish asylum. It's the Midas Hadin that uh, ultimately makes us realize that we earn our Oilam Haba. Maybe not, not completely, but had there not been any Midas Hadin, we know, of course, from the Ramchal, the famous uh, language, I guess it's from the Zohar, of Namadiki Sufa, that right. uh, we have to earn what it is. And it's by earning and understanding that in some way, we were Are the Schar, of course, with their Rabbanish Chesed and everything, uh, that makes us complete people so i think you know this is really a, a big universal subject it's very much beyond prison and i think because i've I turned it is, in, it's funny because you know we, we... was tell you said so that when we have to find films that have to do or films or television shows that have to do with the subject we discussed sometimes it's like shooting fish in a barrel i think this one is another one you know the idea of parents and children and and disciplining and and tough love i think you know it's like shooting fish in a barrel but um um, I'll let you go first because obviously you know i I've, I've got four or five that I could throw out. Is there anything that um, tonight's subject lends you uh, to think about some sort of uh, television program, a film, a Simpsons episode perhaps? <laughs>
1: well you know I, 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 everyone knows I'm a fan of science fiction and there there's a trope that seems to be throughout science fiction and even I understand people who uh, take these things uh, as as uh, maybe having some basis in reality, um, and and that's something that seems to be coming out in the news recently about the UFOs. Yes, UFOs. Thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was the uh, you know the it was a theme that was repeated many times, but it was done best the first time was the original day the Earth stood still. Basically, yeah, Fatu is there. You know he's he's showing his his power. He's showing what he can accomplish, but not not out of malice, not out of we're gonna we're gonna you know it's wasn't Independence Day or the or the War of the Worlds or you know he wasn't looking to destroy us. But he's saying if if we have no choice, you're kind of forcing our hands, and it was a sort of a tough love type of approach, and it was a, repeated in a lot of other subsequent movies, not.
0: Let's just Not remind very, everybody that what it, it, what was, what, what uh, the carpenter or whatever it was, the guy who came down, I think Klatu was the, was the, was the, was the robot that could, that could, that could destroy everyone.
1: The, but the I, robot
0: was Gort. Oh, that was, the robot was Gort. Kwatu was the, was, was the carpenter. Was, was carpenter, yeah. Yes, That yes, was yes. his alien name. Right. As my friend Rabbi Bechaf has pointed out, I think many people have said that he's the Jesus figure, you know, carpenter. Um, being
1: yeah, yeah and also being killed and and, and right. resurrected and right
0: right right he's definitely you know the religious figure the idea of of of, of from god but and yeah but in the day the earth stood still yes definitely um um i think uh you know was it edward um you know the theremin of course was used i think for the first time as a uh as a um as the score for that uh, for that film i think um it was edward herman i think was the uh Edwin Herman was the was the score. Great, great film. Great choice in terms of but of course what they wanted to do was getting rid of we had to get rid of all our weapons, right? We had to we had to basically realize that uh we had to destroy all our nuclear weapons or anything, all our whole arsenal. Uh I think that was what the it was the ultimatum, right? I think that was the ultimatum of the film. Pretty right?
1: much because they were they were afraid that it, it was gonna attack them. It was it was a right. self-defense interest. Right. Yeah. but also they said that you know we we want to invite you to be part of the the uh league of nations uh of the planets you know we we want to we want you to grow and come to the next level of of evolution that you can be part of our society and not and not be uh you know and and i i i, I listened to some of these uh Type of people who who believe in these types of things, and they they suggest that this is part of what's going on. In the you know, there 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 have been a lot of claims that uh, seem pretty credible of attacks on uh, weapons uh, on our weapons from from these UFO or UAP phenomenon that, uh, and not only American weapons, but all you know, are, that there is there is some connection there we don't know where whatever it's coming
0: i i i I would refer our listeners not only to the article the, the spate of articles that are coming out about this but also a podcast that i did uh with rabbi warch about this topic about how we could view this topic of of alien visitations and things like that from a tower perspective but yeah i can see the tough love there it's not a yeah, somewhat of a stretch, but I can see the fact that um, you know that was the 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 tough love from the from the Federation of Planets to get us uh, and to warn us about that we've got to change, otherwise we're going to they're going to destroy us or we'll destroy ourselves. Which I guess <laughs> it's much worse than um, much worse than
1: than anything else we could think about. Just no, like this, spoil, this, spoil. the same theme comes up in Plan Nine from Outer Space, the Cosmic Man, the Cosmic Monsters, <laughs> and not, any number of movies use the same I see. theme. Not you I You know what?
0: I think the the the
1: the um,
0: the celluloid gods are very mad at you now by mentioning these two in the same breath. <laughs> plan nine from outer space and 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 the day the earth stood still it's sort of like the um it's sort of like you know um
1: uh, Casablanca and ishtar and yes 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 yeah, right, right, yeah
0: they both have to do with you know, you know two people you know making their way across some place in africa um i'm going to throw out things which are really i think it's much more at some as we say um One of the, 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 you know, this idea of tough love, of course, uh, uh, the spoiled kid who has to change his ways. Otherwise, uh, he's going to just waste away his life and he he learns to become a human being. And that's, I think, from 1937, I believe, or 38, Captain's Courageous with the inimitable, the most, really, to me, the top child actor, uh, Freddie Bartholomew. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever if you've seen Freddie Bartholomew at all, but he is incredible in this. And of course, it also uh, my father Olaf Schulm's favorite actor, Spencer Tracy, uh, plays the um, the uh, not much of a, of a of a good Spanish accent, but he plays, of course, the um, the the fisherman who. Um, who, 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 Freddie Bartholomew, is a spoiled rich kid, whose father is a super wealthy person, and he's on one of these uh, incredible Titanic-like luxury liners. And when there's a storm at sea, he gets tossed over, and he gets picked up by this uh, this very rough and tumble shipping vessel. And it's there that he has to work, you know, because they can't send him back uh, for some reason. I don't know. They, you know, the, the way the sea is, they're not able to to get him back to his parents to his father but he ends up having to work as like a lowly cabin boy and you know scouring the garbage of course it was based on the book by rudyard kipling i'm sure you're familiar with captain's courageous right yeah. and uh, freddie bartholomew becomes a mensch by the toughness uh there's of course a um a uh in that time there was a um supporting uh, role was mickey rooney mickey rooney plays the boy who is um uh, on the boat and understands things, and he sort of helps Freddie Bartholomew learn the ropes and become more of a mensch and uh you know he really has it tough i mean uh, you 're crying for him uh when he has to realize when he has to the type of work that he has to sew himself in so that 's one the captain 's courageous um it 's interesting that um there was a script that was hanging around Hollywood for many years. Eventually, um, they, re- they updated it, but it was a script, I think, from the 40s or 50s. And when um, a new power couple arose in Hollywood, uh, the Jewish Goldie Hawn, you know, of course, Goldie Hawn, a nice Jewish girl, uh, and her husband, Kurt Russell, former child star in many Disney films, and then he became this rough and tumble action star, uh, was in a, 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 a film, which I think your wife would like a lot, called Overboard which is basically the, the, the same uh, basic theme of Captain's Courageous, but they throw in amnesia as well in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in this film, what happens is, is that um, uh, Goldie Hawn plays this terrible, terrible, rich, uh, uh, total, uh, you know, I would say Jap brat. I don't know if she's ever identified as being Jewish, but she is the the worst type of terrible Brat and 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 thinking that, and, and and looks down at everything uh and when she goes overboard and loses her memory she ends up um kurt russell who had who had been some sort of worker uh who had done some job on her boat uh, and she didn't pay him because she thought he had done a terrible job um he ends up um somehow Getting involved with her again after she loses her memory, and he convinces her that he's that she is actually his wife, uh, and 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 Kurt Russell's children from a previous wife. He says these are your kids, and she now has to relearn or learn in the first place what it means to care for another person, to be a to be a person who cares for another human being, to be a wife, to be a mother, and of course by you know she goes through an evolution. Of course, with amnesia, but she goes through an evolution that only the toughness of life and the responsibility of life and living up to things, much different than the life she had before, changes her into a much better person
1: by it, the it, end it, of the film. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I was listening to Dennis Prager.
0: Speaking about Goldian, who isn't from, but is Jewish and did have about mitzvah, I think. It did go to some sort of uh, Hebrew school training. Um I mean, come on, Goldie. I mean, come on. You can't get more Jewish than that. Um, Goldie's uh, has another film which I, I I recommend, Private Benjamin, which has uh, I think an Academy Award turned by, um, is it? Um, uh, yes, yeah, so, I yeah yeah. I, I I froze for a minute on the uh, on. Uh, the actress who won the uh, best supporting actress, which was Eileen Brennan. Um, I think Eileen Brennan also had a stint as one of the original. Um, know, she was on some. She was on some comedy program. I think originally, I think she might have been in Laughing also along with Goldie Hawn together. I think. Uh, anyway, the point is, is that uh, I don't know if Eileen Brennan is Jewish, but because Goldie Hawn is Jewish, Howard Zeef, the director, of course, is Jewish. And the story is a wonderful story about a spoiled Jewish girl, uh, uh, Goldie. I forgot what her first, Judy Benjamin, yeah, that's her name, Judy, another good Jewish name, Um, how Judy Benjamin um, ends up, you know, again, a spoiled rich Jewish girl who ends up really changing her life and by the military, you know, by going into the army. And uh, she's not pampered there. She has to become tough and she has to learn responsibility. And whatever hijinks ensues, I think by the end of the film, everybody sees that, Accepting responsibility and accepting pain and, and recognizing the rules and living according to them and, and, and knowing disappointment when you don't have them and earning things through the, the, the tough love that's being demonstrated towards you turns you into a much better person. And I think everybody who, again, Goldie Hawn does a great job of, 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 of playing both ends there and seeing that a person who has gone through this is really uh, a much happier, much more content a much more solid individual, and um, yeah, you know, I think that that's a yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> for me, I guess you know, uh, you know, that's enough. I think to uh, to inspire us, to, especially when things get tough, like you say, Beinamitzarim or not. Uh, it's always hard to to, especially when the kids turn on the puppy dog eyes. But remember, when that occurs, I think it's like we have to admit that it really. It, 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 as they say, again, I, I'm not going to say this hurts me more than it hurts you because that was always was uh, what was said, you know, in films
1: and in books. and, and My people, father used to say it too. <laughs>
0: did your your father actually slap you? Your father used to uh, spank you sometimes?
1: Yeah, yeah, but he 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 said, you know, he would use that term, he would use something along those lines, and he really meant it. Like, you, you felt it. He didn't, it wasn't cheesy or fake, it really felt like oh, it, it really does hurt him more.
0: Anybody that loves their children, you know, obviously cannot <clears throat> see them hurt in any way and it is something that um, there's a lot of depth to that. So take care, we'll catch you at next time. Take care, everybody. Uh, be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast.